Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. If you have your Bibles with you, and you should, I want to invite your attention to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26. And we will begin our reading at verse 36. God's Word reads as follows. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell down on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to his disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again. Their eyes were very heavy. And so he left them, went away again and prayed a third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand that the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise, let us go. Let us be going and see what my betrayer is at hand. Father in heaven, we honor you today. We bless you for this privilege to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your grace that has blessed each and every one of us to be able to wake up this morning and be able to come to the house of God. Thank you, Lord. And even now we are praying that your word would come forth in such a way that it would meet the hearts and the needs of those who are listening. Father, I pray that you would permeate every soul, every being, that you would help us, God, to be more of what you've called us to be. For that one who's lost and on their way to hell, it's my prayer, God, that you would, by the preaching of the gospel, prick their hearts, open their eyes and their understanding, cause them to realize that they need a Savior, and the only one that can save them is you. Cause them to come asking, what must I do to be saved? Father, for that one who's drifted in fellowship, draw them back into fellowship with you, that the communion might be sweet once again. Father, we pray that the body of Christ be edified, and that your name be glorified. That as I stand to declare your word, God, that you would give me what I need. Strength in my body. Clear articulation of speech and thought. That your word might be pleasing to you as it comes up this day. Have your way, God, and we will forever give your name all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. For it is in Jesus' name I pray. With thanksgiving and expectation. Amen. Catherine, we have been on a journey through a series of messages entitled prayer power. Prayer power, as we've been going through this series of messages, the hope is that uh, you are growing in your understanding, your ability, your articulation, and your comprehension of prayer. And even beyond that, that you understand how much power 
there is in prayer. We started this journey in Matthew chapter 6 from the subject matter, the outline for prayer. From there, we went to Isaiah chapter 38, spoke to you from the idea and invitation to pray. Thirdly, we were in Psalm 34, speaking from the subject matter, God's posture for man's prayer. Last Sunday, we were together in Jonah chapter 2, and we spoke there from the subject matter, praying from a place of punishment. As we looked at Jonah's situation, we found out that sometimes in the midst of being punished, we have the best prayer times we can have. But in the middle of those prayers, God answers those prayers and even extends grace in the midst of your punishment. Not that you don't get punished. You're still going to get punished. But God will give grace in the midst of punishment as you reach out and extend yourself in prayer to him. So this morning, we find ourselves here in this book of Matthew in this fifth and final part of the series of messages. And as I look in on this particular text or this morning, I have to ask a question. How many people here today realize and would say, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that life is unpredictable? Life is very unpredictable. At any given moment, boom, something happens. Everything changes. Doesn't take long. You didn't even know it was coming. You was on your way doing something else. You was doing your regular routine and everything was wonderful. Then all of a sudden it's over and things have changed and it's a whole new paradigm that shifts in your life. And now your whole life is upside down and things have gone completely differently. Unpredictable situations, unpredictable scenarios that we all have opportunities and all have occasions to run into. Now, on the other hand, there are also some very predictable situations, some things that we know are coming. Amen. We know it's coming down the road. We can predict it. We have knowledge of it. And we know that it's going to equally change our life or change our situation or change our circumstance. And things are going to be different as a result of what's coming down the road. We've got the date. We've got the time. We know that it's coming. It's not a surprise. You know, like it's kind of like folks say, you know, Christmas snuck up on me. No, Christmas is the same day every year. It's December 25th all the time. You know it's coming. Amen. Now, you may not have been paying attention that it was coming, but you knew it was coming. Amen. And in that kind of way, there are certain things that are coming in our lives that we can predict and we know that are coming. Now, because both of these statements are true, they are both unpredictable and predictable things that happen in our lives. Because they are both true, it would behoove every Christian to follow the example of the Lord Jesus Christ in the text that we've read in your hearing this morning. For Jesus is in the midst of facing a predictable situation. He knows things are about to change. In fact, in earlier in chapter 26, I believe right around verse 1 at the very beginning, he tells his disciples in, in a couple of days, the Passover is going to come and I'm going to be delivered up into the hands of my enemies to be crucified. So he knows trouble is coming. It's not going to be a surprise to him. It's, it's coming. And so guess what? Two days later, they, they gather together, they eat the Passover together. Jesus there institutes the Lord's Supper with his disciples as they sit around the table. They leave out of having the Lord's Supper, go out to the Mount of Olives, sing a hymn on the Mount of Olives. And then he, he moves them from the Mount of Olives into this area called Gethsemane, where Gethsemane, the word itself, means the oil press. It's the place in the midst of the olive vineyard where they would take the olives and there the olives would be put into this press and the oil would be extracted by pressing the olives in very tightly. And so he takes them there and it is there in this garden, this garden of Gethsemane that Jesus begins to pray 
in preparation for what's coming. I want to talk to you today in this fifth and final part of the series from the subject matter, preparation prayers. If you know some things are coming, I'm going to suggest to you, you should be praying about them. If you know it's coming, I'm just going to suggest that you might want to be praying about that. And if you know that life is unpredictable, it might be helpful for you to be praying about the unpredictable things that are also coming your way. Are y'all still here with me? In these three prayers that we see here in the text with Jesus, we can learn from him and we can glean from him some things that will help us in our preparation prayers. The first thing that I want to extract from this as we look in this text, here is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, verse 36. He came to this place of Gethsemane. He said to his disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. He took with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even until death. Stay here and watch with me. And then he went a little further and fell down on his face. The first thing I want to kind of glean and extract from this text for us that will help us in our preparatory prayers or our prayers of preparation is that you need to pray with partnership and in private for God's will. As Jesus is here in the disciples, he's got 12 disciples here, but notice in this text, he doesn't take all 12 disciples with him when he goes to pray. He only extracts from the 12 the three that are of his inner circle, Peter, James, and John. These are the ones that seemingly, through the examination of all the Gospels, are most close to him, are in his most intimate circle, and they have a greater sense of compassion towards him. So he picks those three out to come and join him, to partner with him in prayer. Can I talk to somebody this morning? It's good to to have some partners to partner with you in prayer when you know you're getting ready to face some difficult situations. Lord have mercy. Matter of fact, I don't even have to teach that. Some of you already know because you know when you've got bad things coming your way, you call up sister girl, brother man, you call up mama, you call up auntie, you call up grandma, you get some partners to partner with you in prayer. I don't know why. Sometimes I think just because you might think your prayer might not make it. (sighs) Pastor, why would you say such a thing? Because sometimes people call me and they say, Pastor, can you pray with me and pray for me, partner with me in prayer just in case my prayer, your prayers are surely going to make it to heaven. Yours will make it too, but it's good. It's good to have some people to partner with you in prayer when you're going through some predictable things, but even more so when you know you're getting ready to face some unpredictable things. It's good to have some partners who are compassionate towards you that will pray with you and pray for you while you're coming into your situation. However, I do want to throw out a word of caution. When you gather up your partners in prayer, I need to throw this caution out. Don't necessarily expect that they're going to stay with you all the way. Pastor, why would you say that? I'm saying that because I'm looking at the text. Because Jesus took these three out of the twelve, they're very close in a circle. He called them together to pray with him. He tells them what's going on in his life. And he says, pray with me just for a little while. And every time he went to go check on them, they would sleep. So I just want you to know, just in case, don't get mad at your partners when they fall asleep on you. I'm throwing out a caution for you. Even though you get some partners to pray with you, some of them might fall asleep on you. Some of them might not make it all the way to the end with you, but it's still good to have some partners praying with you. Am I, I got any witnesses in the house? Amen. Some, matter of fact, can I just throw this out? Some of us are guilty of being those sleeping partners. Amen. Because your brother, your sister, your, your, they called you and say, hey, I'm, I'm going through this. Or they saw you in church and say, Amen, please pray for me. And we forget about it. And then they come back and they say, thank you for your prayers. Everything worked out. 
and you act like you prayed and you ain't never pray. You fell asleep. You, you slept through the whole thing. You didn't even know what was going on. But it's good to have some partners in prayer. But I do need to throw that caution to you. Jesus says here in the text, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. What Jesus does in the midst of talking to his partners in prayer, he shares with them exactly how he feels. Can I talk to somebody this morning? It's okay to have some people to pray for you and give them the generics of what's going on in your life. But you need some folks that you can really tell how you really feel about what's going on and where you really are. Amen. You need to be able to, call, you got to have at least one or two people in your life that you could be really honest with, that you're not concerned that they're going to judge you, and that you're not concerned that they're going to try to correct you, but they just, they're going to hear you at what you, what you say. Jesus tells them, now you got to remember this, this is Jesus. He's the son of God. He was born of a virgin. He's been performing miracles all over Jerusalem. He's the man in town, and yet he comes together with three of his inner closer circle, and he says to them, my soul is sorrowful even unto death. I'm in agony here. I'm, in, I'm being pressed here, pressed in here, and I need some support. If Jesus can do that, surely we can. And Jesus says, I'm sorrowful. I'm distressed. I'm like that olive in the press that's being pressed on every side. The situation is getting tight. It's pressing me in. Anybody ever been there? Where everything seems to be pressing in on you. It's coming. It's, it's, the time is near. It's drawing near. And it's getting tight. It's getting difficult. It's getting complicated. I'm not sure how I'm going to make it through this. I'm not sure I want to really face this, even though I know it's coming. Something's coming. A trial is coming. A hearing is coming. A divorce is coming. An operation is coming. Some situation is coming in your life. I'm distressed. I'm pressed. And it's mounting. The pressure is mounting. And that's what's going on in Jesus' life right here. And he tells his disciples, look, guys, this is where I'm at. Pray with me as I go to pray. You need to invite your inner circle to partner with you in prayer, to join you in prayer. But watch this. Not only does he, as as he's in this partnership, he's and and we gain this whole idea of of having partners in prayer. But also he goes a little further and falls down after he kind of establishes them. Y'all sit right here, but I'm going to go over there. And then he goes a little further away from them that he might have privacy in his prayer. Y'all get that? Y'all watching the text? It's in the text. I'm not making this up. So he's, he had the 12. He took three out of the 12. He brought them over to this garden of Gethsemane. Then he says to them, y'all stay here, and then, but I'm still going over there, and I'm going to have privacy in prayer that I might talk to God. So it's good to have partners in prayer and have people partnering with you in prayer, but you still need to have privacy in prayer. And watch this. When he goes a little further, to falls, falls down before the, God, for, before the Lord. He goes there, and he prays privately to the Father. And we need to be able to do that. Watch this. And when we pray privately to the Father, I, I, I need to help you right here. Those people that feel like they're having really challenges in prayer, just pour your heart out to him just how you feel it. With all the pain, with all the agony, with all the stress, with all the anxiety, talk to your father and tell him how you feel. In fact, the text here, as you examine this text in all the Gospels, what you find out is as Jesus is here in the garden praying, he's praying with such agony, he's praying with such intensity that the Bible says there were drops of of sweat like great drops of blood that were coming off of him because he was so intensely having conversation with his father in prayer. He doesn't hold back anything. He doesn't go with the eloquencies of speech and vernacular. No, he lays it out with all the passion and all that he feels that's going on inside of him. 
I want to encourage you, when you talk to the Lord in prayer, when you're praying in preparation for what's coming your way, just lay it all out on the line. Just, if you got to cry, cry. If you got to shut your door, shut your door. If you got to turn up the music so nobody can hear you in there hollering and screaming, go ahead, turn the music up. But do whatever you need to do. When you get privately before God, get before him and lay it out before him just how you feel it. Are y'all still here with me? So secondly, as you pray, these preparations and prayer, we learn that we pray with partnership and in private. But we also pray in the possibilities of God. Listen to him in verse 39. This is This is Jesus. He says, after he went a little further, he prayed to his father. He says, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. I love this. I absolutely love this. We have got to learn how to pray in the possibilities of God. He says, if it's possible. Now, watch this. Even though Jesus knows what's coming, he, he knows what's on the way. He, he, he's God at the same time. He's man. He's God at the same time. Even though he knows what co- what's coming, he still asks his father if there's a possibility of doing it another way. Woo! Lord, if Jesus can ask his father for the possibility of redeeming mankind another way at that moment, how much more should you and I be able to pray into the possibilities of God? Now, I need you to hear this because what Jesus is saying, Lord, if if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. This bitter cup that I have to face. Lord, if it's it's possible that this, this bitter cup of taking on all the sin of the world, if it can pass away, if we can do it some other way, God, if this bitter cup that I have to drink of, if if that's coming my way, if there's a way for me to get around experiencing this painful death of, of sin and mockery and shame, if there's another way, God, of me getting around being distanced from you and having you turn your back on me if there's another way God if it's possible he prays in the possibilities of his father and he says Lord if it's possible let the cup pass from me listen the possibilities of God are endless now let me talk about our lives because our situations are never going to be as critical as Jesus is all right there these are these are eternal ramifications for everybody right here in the text but we, we, we're really not usually dealing with those kind of eternal ramifications. I mean, the whole world is not going to hell in a handbasket if you don't get it right. Y- y'all get me? Y'all understand me? The depth of his situation is far deeper than ours. But watch this. But for us, if we can pray in the possibilities of God, what we've got to understand that no matter what you're facing, God has possibilities of it working out another way. And his possibilities are endless. Matthew chapter 19, Jesus says, speaking to his disciples in relationship to the rich man being able to go to heaven. He says, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Can I deposit that in your spirit? All things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. I know the doctor said that she's going to die, but all things are possible with God. And so we've got to learn how to pray. God, I know that the doctor said mama's not going to live, but if it's possible, can you work it out another way? I know that the lawyer said my, my child has going to do some prison time, but Lord, if it's possible, can we work it out another way? I know that they said I've got to go through this surgery, but if it's possible, can we do this another way? way i know that this seems like i'm gonna lose my house and my car but if it's possible lord you got to learn how to pray in the possibilities of god 
I guarantee you there's some folks sitting on your row this morning who have prayed in the possibilities of God and God has worked some miracles in their life. Do I have any witnesses in the house? As they say, it ain't over till God says it's over. And God's always got possibilities. He's always got another way. He's always got power to change the future. He's always got a way to change in the lawyer's mind. He's always got a way of being judged that's higher than the judge in the courtroom. He's always got a way of being a doctor in a sick room. He's always got a way. If it's possible, we got to pray in the possibilities of God. Pray, Lord, is there another way? If there's another way, I see it coming. But if there's another way, then he comes back and he says, but not my will. Let, but, but, but rather, watch this. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. We got to pray with partnerships and in private for God's will. We got to pray in the possibilities of God's will. But thirdly, we have to pray for the preference of God's will. Jesus prays in the possibility of God's will, but he also comes back and he says, but I prefer your will be done. I'm asking for a possibility. Nevertheless, not as I will, but my preference is that your will be done. Lord have mercy. It's okay to ask God to, for the possibilities to pray in the possibilities of God. That's good because the possibilities of God usually include our will. It's kind of the way we want it to work out. But the preference of God says, God, I trust that whatever your will is, is better than my possibility. I'm trusting you, God, to work it out. So I prefer your will to be done. Lord, have mercy. I would suggest that life should teach you that God's will is always better than yours. Lord have mercy I know that there's some things that you wanted and you wanted badly but God didn't let you have them but later on God allowed you to see that his will worked out better than yours Lord have mercy I, 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 I think we've got to just learn how to trust God enough to say God I know that you will have my best interest in mind God I know that you're not going to kill me nor destroy me I know that you're going to work it out for my good and for your glory I trust you Lord we've got to pray God I prefer your will to be done I prefer that you make the choice for me oftentimes I have this conversation about um, with, with people trying to consider you know, is this the right person for me? You know, I really want to know, is this the right man? Should I marry him or should I marry her? Is this the right woman? One of the things I learned in this whole scenario about things like that, it's always better to let God's choice be the choice. You know why? Can, let's, can we just be honest for a moment? I know I'm going to take y'all back a few years, but um, can, can you know, what usually happens when we're like pursuing some particular person, man or woman, most of us have a list that they must have the majority of items checked off. Amen, Jesus and the walls. And if they don't meet the list, we immediately reject them because they don't meet our list. Amen. And our list is based on our preferences. Amen. Because we trust ourselves to make that kind of decision as to who we like and what 
ought to be right for us. To continue our journey, tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in Kingdom Building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our Spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.